welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier and I'm so excited that you've decided to join me, some of my friends from all walks of life, as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who are positioned in the marketplace, in education, in the science and medicine world, arts, entertainment, government, family and the church all with the intention of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's get to it. Today, I am honoured to welcome back to the podcast, Drop the Mic, who is our Executive Teaching Pastor and Numa College Principal. Dr. Mike is also part of a 5Q cohort focusing on all things fivefold. Dr. Mike, tell us a little bit about what is the 5Q cohort and welcome back, of course. Well, thank you very much. It is <laughs> always good to be with you and always good to chat to you about things prophetic, things the Bible, things the church. Woo-hoo. Well, the 5Q cohort um, was a, a group of guys, uh, men and women, uh, here in Australia with a couple of American coaches mm-hmm. doing a fortnightly Zoom link for an hour mm-hmm. talking about 5Q. 5Q is... Uh, uh, a book written by Alan Hirsch, mm-hmm. and it's a term uh, given to talk about the our understanding mm-hmm. of the fivefold. Yes, you know how you have IQ, intelligence quotients. Yes, EQ, uh, emotional quotient and emo- emotional intelligence. Five Q is simply a um, sort of like the branding and the the short term for mm-hmm. how we understand the fivefold to work together. Yes. So we have the fivefold: the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or, or shepherd, teacher. Mm-hmm. And we call that the APEST. Mm-hmm. 5Q is how all of them work together. Right. So if we talk uh, in terms of each of those fivefold uh, being like uh, an individual golfer on a golf course, mm-hmm. they have their own clubs, their own balls, their own scores. Yes. 5Q is like a basketball team. You have mm-hmm. one ball, you have one objective, you have mm-hmm. one score, and everybody's score is the same. Mm-hmm. So it's how the fivefold work together. Right. To do what God's called them to do. And Dr. Alan Hirsch's book has actually been really instrumental to us on the Fivefold team here. We've studied that together. Brilliant book. Yeah, it's a very helpful book. I would like to pause here and say, Dr. Mike, let you in on a little secret about my life. Yeah. I only ever failed one subject in high school, and it was golf. Well, that's uh, it's an easy subject to fail. Let me tell you about it. You go it ahead. wasn't because I couldn't hit the ball. It was, in fact, my father was a semi-professional golfer. So wow. if I couldn't play golf, I've got an issue, right? But I actually knocked the teacher out and broke his jaw with my golf club. So it was an automatic fail because legally I wasn't allowed to pick up a golf club again in that subject. Was there a reason he was that close to you when you were yes. swinging a club? So I was moving my head incorrectly. We were working on my technique. So he stood behind me, as you do, <laughs> and held my head. And my follow-through was exceptional. And so it followed all the way through, cracked him in the side of the jaw. He was passed out on the ground. I'm running up to the school office like, ah, I've knocked out Mr. Poulter. If you're listening today, I hope that you've forgiven me and that your jaw is back in alignment. Wow, that would be like, that's a new one. That's like a jaw in one. Yeah, so, (laughs) yes, you did. There it is. Drop the mic. He went there. All right, so I've spent the last three or four episodes, Dr. Mike, speaking with our apostle, with our pastor and our evangelist. And now I'm going to bring it home with you, the teacher, to explore 
what's the relationship of the prophet to these other graces? So before we go there, I'm going to read this scripture again. We've read it in every one of these episodes. This is Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So, Dr. Mike, how would you describe your role and your grace as the teacher personally? Yeah, that's a fabulous question. Um, I suppose my internal motivation Mm -hmm. and my skill set and what I've learned over the years is surrounding um, instruction to help people do things. Okay. So some teachers impart knowledge, mm-hmm. and, and that's very valid and very important, and we need knowledge, uh, and I do that. Um, I, I understand teaching to be a process where I help people learn and understand something that they can apply to their lives. Excellent. So we're all called to be teachers of disciples. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey. Mm-hmm. So all of us have a teaching role. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the verb to teach talks about um, helping people learn in a wide sense of the, of the word, mm-hmm. uh, imparting theoretical knowledge, practical knowledge, mm-hmm. skills, training, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So for me, my role is about helping people understand. Mm-hmm. So I then have to be clear in explanation. Okay. So the people can understand in terms of the Bible, at least, mm-hmm. ex- understand what the scriptures say so they can understand who they are and they can live according to how God has called them to live. Excellent. Can you talk to me for a moment about what are some of the, because a- every strength has a weakness. Yep. So what would be some of the pitfalls or the weaknesses or even the obstacles or tensions that a teacher has to manage? Um, well, if I were to go back to when I was younger in the ministry, mm-hmm. I was more concerned then about imparting knowledge, right? telling people what the Bible said right? so that they would know it. Mm-hmm. I used to think that if you just knew the Bible, mm-hmm. it would change everything. <laughs> and that was in my inexperience and immaturity. Mm-hmm. And so I still believe if you live by the Word of God, it will change yeah, things. But right. there's, a, there's, there's a greater pastoral requirement for teachers mm-hmm. to to embrace as well. Yeah. So one of the weaknesses can be simply to impart knowledge and expect people to know what to do with it okay. or simply because they know it, they've got it. Yes. And uh, just to focus on the cognitive or the intellectual process yes. of imparting knowledge. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, I try to impart understanding. Great. So that knowledge is a component of that because you just simply have to know stuff about the mm-hmm. Bible, about God, about ourselves. So we mm-hmm. need to know things. And if you look at the book of Proverbs, it says, get knowledge, get wisdom, get understanding. Yes. I want to help people get understanding yeah. because with understanding comes revelation and the ability to make application to our lives, that which we're, which is being taught. Mm. And so what used to excite me back then was that I knew something and I could tell people about it. Right. What excites me now is that I see people taking the word of God because they understand it and applying it to their lives and their lives change. It's really interesting because that's probably a similar journey for me in the prophetic. Because mm-hmm. actually what you're describing is a fivefold grace teacher. Mm. So same for me in the prophetic. I used to love to prophesy, whereas now I'm more passionate about equipping other people to prophesy and seeing them grow into the work of their own ministry. And, you know, I love to talk about not just reading the Bible for information, but reading the Bible for transformation. That's something you do so well. You make people, you help people 
want to come to the Word of God to find Jesus and then be obedient to it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the differences between, say, if we're if we're all called to teach somebody to make them a disciple, or or you know, when Paul says, "I wish that you all prophesied." Yeah. Um, we should all be evangelizing. Mm-hmm. The difference between everybody prophesying or everybody teaching somebody something or everybody evangelizing and the fivefold level yeah. of yeah. gifting in that area, there's that equipping and there's that impartation that actually transforms people's lives. It's brilliant. And we touched on in our first podcast yeah. together, Dr. Mike, some of the differences between, for example, the spiritual gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. Yeah. And you've just highlighted another one there. The office gifting, should we should see a community growing of prophetically gifted people, not just the one person prophesying all the time. That's not a true fivefold prophet right there. Brilliant. So while we're on that, let's talk about how would you describe, and you can talk about this both biblically, but also from your own experience, the relationship between the prophet and the teacher. Why do you and I need one another? That's a a really fabulous question. I love that. When we... um when we look at the scriptures, remember mm-hmm. the Mount of Transfiguration? Yes. There's a really interesting moment when Jesus was changed, mm-hmm. transformed, transfigured. Mm-hmm. He had the glow about him and mm-hmm. it was like radiating and mm-hmm. some of the disciples saw that. Um, you know who the two people were there with mm-hmm. him? Who was that? James and John? Yes. And who was on the Mount that, that was talking with, who were talking with Jesus? Abraham. And, oh, I don't know, help me out here. <laughs> Moses and Elijah. Oh, there we go. I knew it was Sorry, a patriarch somewhere so, there. <laughs> yeah, Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. So Moses, the first teacher. <laughs> Elijah, the first prophet. Wow. Well, it wasn't the first prophet necessarily, but the, he's the representative prophet. Oh, this is getting good. Right? Mm-hmm. Moses, the representative teacher. Because mm-hmm. he unpacked wow. the word of God as God gave it to mm-hmm. Moses to give to the people. Mm-hmm. He, he, he explained it to them. And then before they entered into the promised land, he went through it again, and which is what we call Deuteronomy now. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy comes from two words, second law. So it's mm-hmm. the second giving of the law. The first one was at Sinai when he came down. Second one, just before they went in the promised land, he went over it all again so they knew how to live in the promised land. Okay, I thought Deuteronomy meant skip over this book. Yeah, no, that's Leviticus. <laughs> actually, you skip over Leviticus, you actually... You miss some of what Leviticus pointed to about mm. Christ, mm. <laughs> um, but it is it is hard going. I can tell you, Leviticus. <laughs> so they're like the representative teacher and prophet, <laughs> and the relationship they had was this: we need the Word of God; mm. it's foundational mm-hmm. for our lives. Mm-hmm. But we need to know at every moment what we need to do with that. And that's what the prophet does. Mm. And so when you prophesy, when you speak, when you have a vision here in our church, in our house, Mm -hmm. you're speaking of immediacy. Sometimes you're seeing what's something that's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's a different dimension uh, of the prophetic, uh, which most really just all they can do is marvel about. Mm -hmm. But the prophetic that speaks into a specific situation takes not only the word of God, mm-hmm. but it takes into consideration where the people are at, yep. what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, how far they might be from God or mm-hmm. what he wants them to do at that moment. Mm-hmm. So the scriptures can always speak into those situations, but the teacher won't always necessarily see it. Right. And that's where I think we need each other. Yes. Um, I can help uh, unpack and help people understand what the word of God would say in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I might 
it's a prophet who actually sees the importance and the immediacy of that situation at any given time. So true. Let's make this really practical for people because I can use a recent real-time example. Mm -hmm. So I'm picking up from the Holy Spirit that there is a culture presiding within our church family when it comes to this season of fasting we're in right now, where some people are complying because it's what we've always done rather than lovingly obeying the call to consecration. So I pick that up. Then God says to me, I want you to preach Galatians. I'm wrestling with this scripture. But then I come to the teacher Mm -hmm. and I call you and I say, Dr. Mike, could you help me understand this scripture? Am I on the right track? Is this the right scripture to help me bring what I believe God wants to shift and change in our congregation? And then you unpack scripture with me. You bring revelation. And then I, through honor, have put myself underneath your grace. And then I bring that back. And then I can teach the church what God is saying from scripture. Yeah, and so you've identified a need that God's highlighted to you mm-hmm. and you want to bring some solid teaching to mm-hmm. that. Well, see, the, the teacher won't necessarily have that need highlighted to him or her. Yeah. And so that's why we need each other. That's you, right. Um, it's like we're a five-legged school, stool, you mm-hmm. know, so to speak. Yes. We, we, we have a need for each other all the time. And this is one way that you and I work together really yeah. well, and it's, it's very important. Uh, and it, Moses and Elijah work together oh. um, mm-hmm. from, from the old and into the new. Yep. So it's uh, Jesus is saying to the world, we need the teacher and the prophet. Yes. I, I'd actually like, because we didn't get to this last time we chatted, Dr. Mike, to talk about a vision I had and then you can unpack it as the teacher. Yep. And this is about the fivefold. So mm-hmm. here in our church, when we talk about fivefold, we're talking about the fivefold office, but also we have two complementary pillars making seven pillars. Yep. So we have business and operations. And operations takes care of our running our weekend services, etc. And business takes care of all the business needs of the church. Mm-hmm. And they come alongside the fivefold so that we can stay in the fullness of our function that Christ yep. has graced us with yep. while they help make everything run for us. And just after we had... Um, restructured our church around this fivefold. We all went away together on a retreat and we were having a prayer time together. And because prophets sometimes need the cave and there was a lot of people in the room, I actually got underneath the table, was laying underneath the table and I was having this beautiful encounter with Jesus myself. I remember that. And it was really interesting, Dr. Mike, because this has never happened to me before, but I got a new, um, I've always had this Obviously, I've always had the sense of smell, but I've never experienced it prophetically. And this, uh, unless I've encountered the demonic, I've smelt, I've smelt foul spirits, uh-huh. but I've never smelt a fragrance of heaven before. And as I was laying under the table, I started to smell this fragrance and I could smell five individual smells, but it was coming together beautifully. And it's, it was actually indescribable. And so I start to journey with the Holy Spirit. What is this vision? And then as I'm smelling this, I see five individual oils start to drip down. And the Holy Spirit says to me, this is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. They each carry an individual oil. And there are some churches where that individual oil drips down. And that's okay, but there's actually more. And then I saw this two sets of feet, which I knew to be operations and business come walking in and they actually pulled the five oils together and they caught them in a bowl. And then they mixed together in synchronicity 
They mixed the five oils together and then they released those five oils out the bottom in this beautiful unity out and onto the body so that the full fragrance of Christ was released upon his church. And then I saw all these little churches popping up all across the globe and the distinctive of them was the smell the unity of the fivefold mixed together by business and operations. Mm. So I have this vision and then I sheepishly kind of, hey, this is what God has showed me and this is what I think he's saying from scripture, but then you go away and take it to a whole other level. So unpack what the Holy Spirit was actually saying in that. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the most remarkable visions I think I've ever heard about Mm -hmm. Um, because it is so relevant for us today, but it is deeply theological mm. and accurately theological. Mm. So when when Jesus uh, was on the earth, mm-hmm. we read throughout the pages of the New Testament that Jesus was an apostle. Yep. He was the apostle and high priest of our profession. Yes. Hebrews 3, 1 tells us he was mm. our apostle. For God so loved the world that he sent. Mm. An apostle is one who was sent, sent to establish the kingdom, sent to expand the kingdom, mm-hmm. sent to equip those who were going to do the same. Mm-hmm. Jesus was... Prophet, uh, mm-hmm. Scripture says he was like a prophet, like unto Moses. Mm-hmm. Even though Moses uh, did teach, he was considered a prophet because he spoke for God, mm-hmm. and that's what a prophet prophet is. And so mm-hmm. Jesus was a prophet. Yeah, uh, he was considered a prophet by others. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus was an evangelist. He yep. preached the gospel, the good news. He began his ministry evangelizing. The first things he said after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit came out of the wilderness, mm-hmm. and uh, after his baptism. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. So he's preaching the good news of the, of the kingdom of God. He was the shepherd. Yeah. You know, um, it, 1 Peter 5 uh, uh, talks about that. Um, two, 1 Peter 2 talks about that, mm-hmm. that great shepherd mm-hmm. analogy in John chapter 10. Mm-hmm. So he's our shepherd. He's the mm-hmm. shepherd and overseer of our souls. Mm-hmm. He's our great shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, our pastor, the lover of our souls. Yeah. He cares for us, nurtures. And he's a teacher. Yes. Um, he was often referred to as teacher because mm-hmm. he sat and taught. Mm-hmm. He taught the crowds. Mm-hmm. He preached to individuals. He preached mm-hmm. to, to crowds. But then sometimes he taught. He explained. He unpacked. Yes. He imparted. He, uh, he trained. And so the, the vision you had represents Christ when he ascended, when he was mm-hmm. on earth, he had all of those five functions, those five graces in himself, Mm -hmm. in his person and in his ministry, Mm -hmm. those five oils Mm -hmm. individually, but in him, they were together. So there was one fragrance Mm -hmm. manifesting every time he ministered. Mm -hmm. When he ascended, he uh, gave to the church five different types of gifts Mm. to the church. Mm. Now, throughout the pages of the Bible, when uh, someone was anointed for a calling and for a ministry. Mm-hmm. Oil was used, mm. fragrant oil, and it had to be specifically made with certain ingredients. Five ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there you go. You knew something about the Bible I'd forgotten or didn't know. <laughs> um, and so that that oil throughout the pages of the Old Testament pointed to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. When we receive anything from the Lord, it comes from the Holy Spirit. The Mm. Father is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Everything we receive here on earth is from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So whatever grace, your prophetic grace has been given to you from the Holy Spirit. My teaching grace has been given to me by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When I use that, I'm using that grace to 
contribute to the strength and the health of the body of Christ. When you use your grace through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is a gift to us, Mm -hmm. through that beautiful fragrance, it it influences us Mm -hmm. uh, in a beautiful way. And we need that. When we all work together, which mm-hmm. is what 5Q is about, yeah. learning how to work together, yeah. we have an influence like Christ. <laughs> Individually, we can have an, a, a powerful impact mm-hmm. on, on a group, on the church, on individuals. Together, we, we resemble Christ because then those five oils mix together, our yeah. five graces mix together. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time, through those five graces, through those five anointings, you could say, yeah. they mix together, and are each the scent of and the and the benefit and the and the fragrance and the the, the ministry and the the fruit of yeah. each of our ministries. When mixed together, it feels like Christ. It smells like Christ. It looks like Christ, and then it has the effect of Christ being mm-hmm. amongst us. Oh, I get so excited because Exodus talks about this five ingredients that should go into the oil to anoint the priest. And then in Psalm 133, we have this beautiful picture painted for us yeah. where he, where um, the word says that this unity is like the precious anointing oil poured on the head of Aaron, who was our first priest, yeah. who was a sign pointing to our great high priest, Jesus. Yes. This fivefold oil, which was poured in abundance over his head, everybody around could smell and know a priest was being anointed because yep. they could smell what I smelt that day. Yeah. And then it flows down onto his robe so it flows down when the fivefold is unified it flows down off the head onto the rest of the body to the body of Christ and then you know the New Testament talks about we are now the fragrance or the aroma of Christ oh I could talk about this all day it's it's amazing I wish I could smell what you smell (laughs) (laughs) it was incredible and you know interestingly Dr. Mike sometimes when we meet as an executive which is our fivefold and our ops and business if we're getting stuck on something I will ask the Lord, what can I smell? Mm. And sometimes I smell sweat and I know we've stepped into striving and out of his rhythm. Wow. And sometimes I'll smell four oils and I know someone's not being heard and we need to elevate the oil. Wow. There have been times where I've gone to our beautiful business and operations and said, we're not mixing well at the moment. I'm smelling separate oils how can you help us be mixed and released out over the body? Mm. There's been times when I've gone to another fivefold and said, we're not hearing you at the table. I can't smell your oil. We need you. And this becomes part of my role in yeah. that sense of, of hearing the Lord or even talking to our apostle at times and saying, hey, we need this oil. This yeah. oil's not getting enough, um, enough freedom enough empowerment yeah so when you can smell four oils but not the fifth can you identify that fifth yes wow that's extraordinary it's beautiful isn't it i mean how amazing is god that is extraordinary so what does my oil smell like (laughs) i can't give away everything okay fair enough but it's interesting someone asked me to describe that fragrance of christ it's sweet it's spicy it's you actually can't identify except you know it has five layers and I know which one is which in the moment. Wow. It's extraordinary. Like encounters wow. with God, who would want to live any other way? See, I, I, I can be the best teacher in the world. I'm not saying I am. But if, if I were to be the best teacher in the world, I still could not do what you do. Hmm. And I would never have found the scriptural depth in that. Well, it would have taken me six years without you. Yeah, And this amazing. is so beautiful when it works together, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. 
Um, okay, greatest frustration as the teacher? <laughs> oh, dear. This is a safe space, Dr. Mike. It is a safe space. <laughs> well, one of the things that, um, that motivate me is the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the fear of the Lord is not, I'm scared of God. Mm-hmm. It has a touch of uh, that, but the fear of the Lord, and I've gone through every single reference to the fear of the Lord in the entire Bible. Wow. and read their context mm-hmm. to get a sense of it. Mm-hmm. Fear of the Lord is a reverence for God, yep. a holy reverence for God so much you don't want to do the wrong thing because it violates his holiness. But you're motivated to not want to do that, not I'm scared of doing that. Yep. I'm not scared of God. No. I just don't want to violate his holiness yeah. because he's holy and he's made me holy and he wants me to walk in mm. that holiness. So uh, the, the fear of the Lord motivates me to have integrity with the scriptures. Yes. Now, I don't know everything yet. But when I study something, I want to I want to study it well, mm-hmm. and I want to explain it well so mm-hmm. people can live with it well and yeah. they can they can learn it well. Mm-hmm. When when people um, are careless with the scriptures, mm-hmm. that that frustrates me. Yes, and it it, all, it almost grieves me because I think it grieves God, mm-hmm. because the scriptures were written for specific situations to specific people to address certain things. Mm-hmm. None of the scriptures was written to us today, but they were written for us. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament says they're written for all disciples. They're written for yep. us. Yep. But they weren't written to us. Mm-hmm. And we can't attribute a meaning to it outside of what God initially intended it, originally intended it to mean. Mm-hmm. So it's, that, it's that's like if, if you write something to me, uh, instructing me to do something or explaining something, and somebody else reads it, and they don't get the context of what you're addressing mm-hmm. in my life or my ministry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they take a few words out of it and attribute something else to it because that's what they think it means. Yep. Completely different to what you meant yep. and intended mm-hmm. and say, Pastor Stacy says this, you've mm-hmm. all got to do this. Mm-hmm. It misses the point. Yep. And so because of my fear of the Lord, I want to treat the word of God with integrity. Yes. And so when people don't do their good study, yes. they don't study the word well or they mm-hmm. don't seek out those who can help them and they take it out of context Um, a a number of things happen Mm -hmm. I think we misrepresent God yes and the fear of the Lord doesn't allow me to do that now I'm Mm -hmm. sure I've done that in the past out of my inexperience or Mm -hmm. lack of study or lack Mm -hmm. of knowledge Um, I'm I'm, I'm trying to be more diligent not to do that Mm -hmm. but one of the other things is not only do we misrepresent God we teach one another false things Mm mm-hmm it can either be false teaching or it can be heresy. Yeah. Heresy is not false teaching. Heresy is when we elevate one piece of teaching as in more important over another piece mm-hmm. of teaching, when we have to have a balance of the two or mm-hmm. we have to incorporate two. Like, for example, Jesus was both God and man. Mm-hmm. Some teach he was just man or some teach he was just God. Well, that's heresy. Right. It's not false teaching mm-hmm. because he was fully God. Mm-hmm. He was fully man, but he was both. You can't mm-hmm. teach he was just one of them. That's heresy. Yeah. False teaching is that Jesus didn't come to die for our sins. Yeah. So when we teach something that is not biblical, out of the Bible, then we teach each other practices and behaviors and an understanding of God and how he wants us to live that is not founded in Scripture. Mm. And so it affects the way we live, not just what we know or think we know about God. And then it produces a frustration in people with God because the Scripture isn't working in their life, but it's because they're not coming underneath actually what the Scripture is saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and so further, if we, if we take another example, when we don't study the scriptures well, we pray for things 
that God has already given us. Yep. And then we we try and become what God has already made us. Yes. And we think if we do certain things, yeah. like if we live a holy life, we'll become holy. Yep. Scripture says we are holy. Yes. And we live a holy life because we, he's made us holy. Yeah. That's the reason we live holy life mm-hmm. and we set ourselves apart from uncleanness and things of the world. And mm-hmm. that's what consecration is all about, mm-hmm. to rededicate and re-consecrate ourselves to the way we should live. But that's because of what God has made us. Yeah. So my frustrations come when we, we, we treat the word of God like a, a, like a document. We can, we can attribute any meaning we like. And then we have all these funny behaviors and patterns and mindsets. And we, we don't live in the victory that God has given us or the fullness of what mm-hmm. he's given us. We don't understand our identity. So we can't walk in the inheritance he's given us. Yes. Because we struggle to understand what the scriptures actually teach. Yeah, I think part of my role is to help people see into a realm that not everybody gets to see into. Mm. And one of the ways I like to think about the fear of God is at nighttime when our auditorium, all the lights are off. And if you have to walk through there to get to your car, I remember somebody saying to me one day, there are so many demons in that auditorium. I hate going through there. I said, don't you mistake demonic presence for the fear of God's presence. A healthy fear. When you walk through that auditorium in the dark and you're not distracted with what your eyes see, what you are sensing is a holy place where people's mm. lives have been changed and yeah. where God's presence dwells. Yeah. Let's not attribute that to demons. Yeah. That's a healthy fear of God and his holiness and yeah, how we great. should want to be like him. Yes, yes, exactly right. Greatest yeah. joy as the teacher? Oh, my greatest joy. Somebody once asked me, do you really love teaching? I said, I paused. And I, <laughs> I noted I was pausing. Mm. Um I said, uh, I, I do enjoy it. I do love it. But that's not the passion of my life. What I really love and what gives me the greatest joy is when someone hears the word of God, mm-hmm. understands it, commits themselves to living that way, and mm-hmm. their life is changed mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. That's my greatest joy. Yeah. You said something yesterday, actually, Dr. Mike, when you were teaching that I thought was probably really ap- applicable for prophetically minded people who are listening. One of the weaknesses of the prophetic, it's also our strength, is we are called to constantly be calling people back to intimacy and back to holiness. But that in and of itself is not enough if it doesn't cause us to live in obedience to Christ. And so I would love you as the teacher to speak to prophetically minded people for a while, because that is an area where we could be weak. Uh What would you say to us about intimacy and its link to obedience. Yeah, I think I mentioned that the the modern uh, 21st century Western middle class church has mm-hmm. elevated intimacy above obedience. Mm-hmm. And people might react to that and think, well, I want to be intimate with God. Doesn't God want us to be intimate? He died for us mm-hmm. to be intimate with yeah. him. But we, we, we ignore the fact that intimacy only comes from obedience. Yes. And intimacy requires obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, Mm. keep my commands. Mm -hmm. Keeping his commands is obedience. Mm -hmm. When we love him and we keep his commands, then we draw closer to him and we can be intimate with him. But we Mm -hmm. can't have that intimacy without obedience. So we need to know the scriptures, the commands of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, how we live, what he wants from us, how he expects us to live and respond to him and serve in the church and live in this world. Um, he wants us to live that way 
in order to have that intimacy. Mm. But if people think they can have intimacy without living a life of dedication, obedience to the scriptures, the teachings of Jesus, Mm -hmm. they're mistaken. Mm -hmm. That's not intimacy. That's fantasy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We sometimes want a shortcut. Yeah. And everybody wants to be close to God. Mm-hmm. But he taught us in the word how to get close to him mm-hmm. by obeying his commands. Mm-hmm. And only then to him do we demonstrate our love for him mm-hmm. when we obey him. And when we demonstrate our love for him, he knows that and he responds to us. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, you know, the, in James says, draw near to God and mm-hmm. he will draw near to you. How do you draw near to God who's dwelling within you? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a life of obedience, drawing yeah. closer to mm-hmm. him and in what he wants from us mm-hmm. and he responds to that yeah. there's two things in the bible consistently old testament new testament the god responds to mm-hmm. faith and obedience mm-hmm. where you see people express faith in him god responds mm-hmm. things happen mm-hmm. where we see people obeying him his word his teaching his commands that when the prophet spoke mm-hmm. and people obeyed god drew near he restored he he healed he reconciled mm-hmm. he came through miracles happened or you know revivals occurred mm-hmm. so for those who want intimacy him in, intimacy with him and I'm, i think we all do but the prophetic have a, a, a an, an extra desire to be so close to him that they could hear from him it's mm-hmm. part of the nature of their mm-hmm. gift um work on understanding the scriptures and then live according live in obedience and make sacrifices because obeying jesus teaching is not easy our flesh is against it sometimes mm-hmm. the devil comes against us this world is against us this world system Mm-hmm. The culture of the world is against that. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes other Christians who are perhaps yep. not strong disciples or they're compromising or, you know, they want a bit, bit, of, bit of both, bit in the mm-hmm. world, bit in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they could even ridicule us for being dedicated and, mm-hmm. and, and living in obedience as a strong disciple. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 we've got a lot of things against us. But if we persevere and if we live a consecrated life, and as mm-hmm. Paul said, I die daily, mm-hmm. we die to ourselves every day make decisions every day to obey the teachings of Jesus as best we can at any given time with God's help, then we will have intimacy like we've never had it before. Look, true intimacy has to involve obedience because if you're staying in step yeah, and if you're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, he's going to lead you places where you have to obey and fight yeah. your flesh. Yeah. So I actually received that, Dr. Mike, and I believe that you're prophesying right now to some prophetic ministries who are listening. We can't be so enamored with the encounters and then walk away and it not change the way we live. Yeah. It must change the way we live or they cease, they lose their importance. They lose their intimacy. Intimacy will always produce fruit. Yeah. If it's yeah. not producing fruit, it's something we actually don't want in the natural and something we don't want in the spiritual either. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for prophesying that over us, Dr. Mike. Um, Final question for you as the teacher. Anything you would like to say to the prophetic gifts and graces who are listening? Uh, A couple of things, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, a few things, but it come out of those two things. One is to be grounded in Scripture. And we've covered that, so I don't need to talk Mm -hmm. a lot about that. But be grounded in Scripture because... The prophetic, any word of prophecy that comes from a prophetic utterance has to be consistent with, in line with, and subservient to the revealed word of God to us. That's right. Um, And then, so be grounded in the scripture, study the scriptures, learn the scriptures, and you'll be a a, a prophet with depth 
mm-hmm. and breadth of understanding and clarity of uh, prophetic gift mm-hmm. and uh, uh, great impact mm-hmm. in people's lives. The second one is learn from your leaders, learn from the prophet. Mm-hmm. And and I know you wouldn't, you know, because of your humility, you wouldn't say, you've got to learn from me, you've got to learn from me. But I'm going to say to them, learn from Pastor Stacey because she has a gift probably more significant than I've seen in 40 years. And I know a lot of prophets. You've heard of prophets. Uh, they're a combination of a love for the word and a revelation of God that I've not seen so much. In fact, I don't think I can mention one name. And I know some prophets that can see clearly. They hear mm-hmm. from God. But aren't as grounded and as good in the word as Pastor Stacy. And I, I know some prophets who who um, paint pictures they come in and they speak into the life of the church and when when they try and link that to scripture it's shallow mm-hmm. doesn't mean the prophecy's wrong mm. it's their linking of and, and the explanation of scripture to support their prophecy is, is weak mm-hmm. whereas pastor Stacy's is always strong and she goes the extra mile to actually present her ministry of the word with the integrity of a teacher and you teach really well and so your your gift is strong it's clear it's mature you see things other people don't see you hear things other people don't hear and you submit to that um, with a reverence and a holy fear of God but you also want to know what the word of God has to say about that Mm. and so if everybody learned from you and the way you approach your ministry we would be really in good shape. And all of those, whether they're just got the gift of prophecy or they're prophets in the making or mm-hmm. current prophets, uh, their ministries will all mature and grow as a result of those two things. Be grounded in the word, learn from Pastor Stacy. Thank you, Dr. Mike. That's so kind of you. And this is exactly why we've got this podcast, so we can sit underneath the teacher and all the graces. So thank you, Dr. Mike, for being here again today. That's invaluable to us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I actually saw when you were speaking before, keys unlocking. Yeah. And so it was like a key was going into the lock of people's hearts and it was unlocking and they're going to be able to step into new rooms in the prophetic because what they've learned from you today. So thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of The Prophetic Collective. In our next episode, we start a new four-week focus on prophetic worship with a very special guest, acclaimed and award-winning songwriter and author, Roma Waterman. This is season one of this weekly podcast, and we would love it if you would share the love on social media. Tag us at Numa Church at Stacey Hillier, hashtag Prophetic Collective, and make sure you hit subscribe so that you can access these episodes as soon as they are available. Leave us a review as this helps us get the word out. I can't wait to join you next episode in this little community that we like to call PC Prophetic Collective. Until then, stay cool.